Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Teresa Lee. Oh my gosh, that was mortifying. Um, you reading <laughs> my website, but I do have an AKA. So all right, bring it. Here we go. Okay, all right. It's Teresa Lee, AKA in Mid Philadelphia since Tuesday in the hotel. I potted most of my stay, filling out emails. No time for the pool. Keeping my mask on because those are the rules. When a couple of texts told me there's a flash flood started by a tornado in the tri-state neighborhood. This Texas abortion law got me feeling all scared. I'm tired of feeling like my government is way beyond repair. Oh, hey. whoa. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well done. Also, well done. don't don't do the don't be so uh, you know, humble that you can't handle people bigging up your accomplishments. You know what I mean? You can own those. Word for word my I didn't read that off your website. I didn't read that off your website. That's just word on I just asked some people. I asked who is Teresa Lee? And that's yeah. what I got from them. So it was just I mean, head out the window. He said, Hey, hey, that's hey, just, hey you, you. That's just common knowledge. All right, all right. Thank you so much, Jack. Picking yeah, you up. Yeah. You welcome, up. welcome. Yeah. How how is Philly Philadelphia? Uh, did you see any tornadoes while you were there? Did you look out the window? We did. Well, this is a. I, I'm traveling with my dog and my boyfriend, and I I'm was supposed to do the punchline on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and and a, and then like a random bar show, and like we got these warnings on my phone that or all of our phones were like flash flood, tornado, all this, and I was like, hey, maybe we should head out soon. And he just gave me the weirdest look, like, uh, did you see the warnings? Like, it's probably gonna be like, I don't think people are going out at all. And I was like, oh, this is when you realize comedy is a disease. Cause at no point was I like, oh, maybe I should cancel. It was like, <laughs> oh, since they didn't cancel, I better right. get going. And he was like, I thought the plan was everyone stay inside. We got to beat that tornado traffic, dude. We got to get, yeah. get out there. <laughs> we did. The show, the punchline show did get canceled. I did end up going to the bar show to like, cause my friend, actually Blake, who's been on the show, Blake Wexler, very funny, yeah, ran yeah. that show. We did walk through a, quite a bit of rain. It was fine. Everyone's safe. But I did realize like, this is not worth it. What are we doing, you know, right. with our lives? Yeah, um, yeah. But fortunately, we did not get lost in the tornado. Okay, yeah. good. We like to ask our yes. guest, what is something from your search history? Yeah, my last search history was a uh, medicine wheel totem. Mm, so I ter- turned out I sat on the grandmother moon rock. So long story short, I spent the last four days at this um, therapy counseling, like youth camp type situation where you mm-hmm. like go and down the woods and it's just this like whole processing your inner child all the shit that you you know that black people never do that you should do right mm-hmm. so i went to go do it they had a medicine wheel you know this rock thing they had like the labyrinth but in a in a weird twist of dissonance it it was in nashville but on fucking plantation i was oh, like this is a plantation i don't know how in the hell y'all want me to be open and vulnerable at a motherfucking plantation Yo, know say, wow. but I got over it, you know. And anyway, <laughs> it took a while, but I got over it. But uh, right. so the last thing they had was this medicine wheel, and I was looking up what the grandmother moon totem meant. And what does it mean? Do you know? Yeah, apparently it's like the spirit that guides the um, cycles of life, and mostly as it's tied to the cycles of the feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. feminine life cycles, menstruations, how that's tied to the tides and the seasons. So it's supposed to be the guidance for the female soul. Mm-hmm. I ended up sitting on it, which is cool because, I mean, I'm a girl dad. It's only women in my house. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and then, and it was basically saying, like, you should open yourself up to the sacred feminine and the feminine side in you and that, like, see how cycles can process and cleansing of life death yada yada so saying like you need to open up your feminine side and i'm like that's the only side in my house i ain't got no option but to open up to the feminine side they're like well how come you're not wearing sandals prop 
said basically if was you open like, to the feminine side as Jizza said in liquid swords because yeah. it's feminine like sandals mm-hmm. uh, he was Jizza got some questionable lies because i was like <laughs> i don't know what the hell this means but uh, <laughs> I, I think i'm bringing it up like once a week now because this is my favorite gotta remind them never it'll never shake it and that's a minimum of feminine like sandals <laughs> yes I was like, I remember immediately, just every once in a while, where you just say, like, what's wrong with sandals, man? <laughs> right, right, right. That's all and we're I'm asking like, ourselves. Yeah, what's opinions, the problem? You know? that was... What's wrong with sandals? I was like, you haven't been to the beach? You don't wear sandals at the beach? What's wrong well, with Tim's you, brother? Only, like, Tim's only at the beach. Tim's only. Hell, <laughs> New York. Yeah, Hell, New yeah, York. Or like, yeah. Or Dead you want Tim's. Wallabies <laughs> or fucking, you got to wear Clark Wallabies or fucking Tim's to the beach. Nothing Tim's else. to the beach. Just fully dressed in a hoodie in the ocean. Like, come right. on, fam. It's not <laughs> even functional. Anyway. Yeah, yeah I don't think Wu Wear had much uh, beach beach attire. If I, There's if no I board correctly. shorts for Wu Wear. <laughs> <laughs> Just gigantic been. hockey jerseys, which I had two of. So, yeah, that's my last search engine. What is, uh, what's something you think is overrated? I always have a hard time with this when I come on this show, but this is the one week, the one episode I've been on where I like really prepared. And uh, the thing I I find the most overrated right now is letter writing. There are all kinds of people who are like, oh, you know, it'd be cool is to write my my sister a letter or my my mom and dad <laughs> letters. Like, I'm going to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and I'm going to write a letter. Like, why? You're just going to cramp your hand. Your poor hand is going to cramp up. You're wasting paper. You have to mm-hmm. then get a stamp, and then you have to go to the post office, or you have to go to the, the whatever, like the mailbox in your building or your house. But it's just too much work for what? I mean, someone's just going to crumple it up and throw it in the fucking trash. Right. <laughs> Who saves letters? <laughs> Nobody saves letters except for characters in Jane Austen novels. Like, get out of here with yeah. this letter writing or like horseshit. People in like Love After Lockup. You know, <laughs> and I have all the letters he sent me from the inside. Yeah, you know, yeah, who saves letters or saved letters? Fucking Charles Manson, <laughs> the Menendez yeah, brothers, I, Scott Peterson. Shall I'm I continue? Like, who does? Who is it? For? I mean, because I try and look at it practically. The reason I don't write letters is because I have much quicker ways to communicate with people, and I guess I don't see. I'm not too attached to like I guess the whimsical or the you know the the value uh, that makes letter writing sort of attractive, but I don't know. Also, like I just I, I write big block letters and I'll fill up a page in like three sentences. Oh yeah, so my handwriting is fucking poor. Right, that's another thing. But there, I, my mother has beautiful handwriting and she'll like send her letters with like perfume, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, Bob, who gives a fuck? Just send me an yeah. email. Type it. <laughs> Text me. Just don't right. call me because I don't have time to talk. <laughs> don't verbally speak to me. <laughs> yeah, please. Whatever you can do, efficient conversation is more important than good conversation, in my opinion. What's yeah. going to be our letter writing? Because I can see why your mother would say Email. she loves it. Because my same, like, I look at my my parents, my grandmother. She had fucking beautiful handwriting. Like, yeah. in a way that I was like, I get it. This is like graffiti for, you know people at home like they're like let me throw up this beautiful letter but i'm trying to think of what our dated sort of mode of communication that will insist on then people are like we're off that we all, we're all meeting in the metaverse ho <laughs> i mean <laughs> th- i think yeah. there's like a classiness veneer to letter writing that like still persists with some young people like that it's like artisanal emails I'm that's why i fucking hate it artisanal email thank you note <laughs> And but I guess, yeah, it's... yeah, there is something about getting a nice handwritten note, you know, after the fact as a gesture. I, I see the value in maybe like as a gesture. Give like me a fucking I've, card. I've myself being like, oh, wow, look at that. That's handwriting. That's give a little me more a effort. Card. Uh, go to Hallmark and get me a card. Go to Papyrus if those still exist. Give me a, a greeting card. Thanks. Signed, whoever, <laughs> Miles. Like, I don't need right. you to write a fucking tome about how great my wedding was. Just get out of here. Do you feel pressured to then return it? Is that part yes, of it? Yes, of course. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have essentially given me extra work. Yeah. By doing no. the work yourself, you have forced me to give you the labor that you have so graciously bestowed upon me. No, thank you. If I and don't it- do it, then I'm the bad guy. 
And in a sense, it's ableism because I do not have the ability to write. My handwriting fucking sucks. I'm Mine left-handed. Too. It's I'm like horrible. all over oh, the so place. I smudge too. the shit out of it. So it's like they're wagging in my face their ability to write beautifully. And it's just they, they don't understand what, what it would be like if I tried to write them back. Yeah, it would be, I, it would I be think, an ordeal for both of us. I think our version of it, our generation's version of this sort of artisanal horseshit is AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> or Gchat, right. you know? It's and like, it's like oh, already no. dead. Yeah, it's already dead, but we're like, oh, remember when you come home from school and you just like talk all night with like your crush and you'd send, you know, little emojis that weren't actually emojis because you had to use like a colon and parentheses to make a smiley face. Yeah, right. I remember that. It sucked. It was not that great. Yeah. It was It was fine. It was a mode of, co- of communication. That's it. I don't see remember anything those? like cool about it. Mm. Oh shit! Are you playing the sound? Oh. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck oh. is that?" <laughs> oh my god! I, oh I, wow! I am I am about to pop out of my trousers. Here. Oh shit! This is so exciting. <laughs> I know you're hitting up smarter child and saying, "Hey, uh, when the what uh, what time is uh, Mortal Kombat playing at the AMC North 6? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are we where are we riding to tonight, boys? <laughs> or just like flirting with a girl all night and having like a really intense conversation. That amounts oh, to my. absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah. boy. The I think she really messages. likes me. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be like at school tomorrow. It's which insane. is so, which I guess makes sense why, like, on, like, app dating is so, it has, like, kind of similar energy, but most people don't have the same passion for it like we did AIM. Because a lot of yeah. people are like, it's just like I'm dating over text. I'm like, that is pretty much the only way I was communicating with people <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. we but, weren't allowed to have phones in our rooms. And we had cell phones, but, like, they weren't. Yeah. We we didn't have, um, you know, iPhones at the time. So it was just like, well, we'll just get on AIM and we'll figure it out. Get on AIM and just have very lewd conversations over text in someone's family room. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. The computer is stationed. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, the computer was just like riddled with viruses and all kinds of horrible things were being said. <laughs> hmm. Kind of like what? now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that yeah. different. It's just like a test run for the Internet. Pretty much. What is something you think is underrated? Costco, Kirkland signature. <laughs> yeah. I think it's underrated. Which thing though? Which goes 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 like late focus in? Well, fo- focus on focus in is buying booze at Costco. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's something that if you're not doing at home, do it now. Like you're you're wasting your money, you're wasting your life away if you're not buying booze at Costco. Having a party, you don't want, and guess booze what? at Costco. Get the booze at Costco. It's half the price and it's twice the size. Right. And they have all of their mixers, like their their gallon drinks. Those are also cheaper. And you just like stock up, go and go every quarter. You don't even need mm-hmm. to wait for a party. Don't be shame. Like go on right. your own, like on the first of every month, stock up and like just make it a part of your your ritual, your routine. Right. Yeah. Do they have wine? Is it while we're on the subject? Do they have? Oh, absolutely. Like they have the what's the signature? giant wines? There's the regular wine bottle, but then there's the giant Magnum. 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 They have Magnums for six dollars. <laughs> I think a Jeroboam is the biggest. Is it one. Jeroboam? And there's a Nebuchadnezzar. Is like an even bigger <laughs> bottle. Right. This is. I had a religion teacher tell us this when we were sixteen. Is that true? Yeah. It's like the biggest wine bottle. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Fool! Like you were just talking about the passion. Well, it's hard to imagine how it can get bigger than those big ones. Like, how do you even carry that? It's like the size of a kiddie pool. It's because it's just like a stupid, I guess, I don't know. I I just tuned out because he would show like a man for all seasons rather than like teaching. (laughs) Like, and that was like his whole curriculum and talking about gigantic wine bottles. So anyway, shout out to you. (laughs) I also have kitchen shears on this list. Hmm. Yeah. I think people bust out a car, a cutting board and a knife for any old thing. You can just mm. cut it. Just stand right. above the pan, snip, snip, snip. Sausages, yeah. mm. carrots. Yeah. And then I also have the TV show Veronica Mars. It's a cult okay. classic. I love it. I think it's Kristen Bell's best work. Yeah, I bought a, a yellow Nissan Xterra because of that show. Did you really? No. But <laughs> I... I, th- I thought that was a cool car then, and I and I every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, stand that, by it. You could, you could be like, hey, who's that? Who's that the fella? <laughs> <laughs> that completely missed me. Is that a? It's like detective. 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a grimier Nancy Drew in what looks like Van Nuys, California. Got it. No like magical element to it. No magic element, but it was only three seasons. It got canceled, and then the fan base was so committed that ten years later they completely crowdfunded a movie. Right. And then Hulu picked it up for the last season. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. Um, And Miles, you uh, brought this article and vice to my attention about. Had to. People who are developing, yeah, it's sociogenic, also called functional disorders. I've called them psychogenic before because, you know, that's what they're referred to in some places because the cause tends to be located in the brain. But it's it's basically people who are developing tics based on who they follow on TikTok who, and like people they follow on TikTok having tics and like that. The article ta- also talks about people who can read an article about someone with MS and then start developing the symptoms of MS. So like similar kind of cognitive basis for physical illnesses. And this hit at the same time that like this is starting to become taken more seriously uh, in the Havana syndrome conversation. So, yeah. And the, the whole thing with this, like they said, like gens, there's a lot of young people between like 12 and 25 that have developed like physical tics. And a lot of these kids may were possibly convinced that they had Tourette's or something like that. But when they would go to doctors who specialize in it, they're like, this technically isn't Tourette's. It is a physical tic, but this wouldn't essentially be Tourette's because that would develop at a much uh, earlier age for someone. And these these specialists who, like, as they say, their their whole thing is about Tourette's, they've said that they've seen referrals for these kind of like rapid onset of like physical tics. It used to just be around one to 5% of their total cases before the pandemic. It's now 20 to 35% of their cases now. And right. they, they, the researchers, they quote, describe a quote, parallel pandemic of young people aged 12 to 25, almost exclusively girls and women presenting with the rapid onset of complex motor and vocal tick-like behaviors. There have been striking commonalities in the phenomenology of these tick-like behaviors observed across our centers in Canada, the United States, the UK, Germany, and Australia. Curiously, the researchers state that for the patients they studied, in addition to experiencing pandemic-related stressors, all endorsed exposure to influencers on social media, mainly TikTok with tics or Tourette's syndrome. So it's like this weird thing where there are, you know, a lot of people who develop these tics are saying, you know, people don't believe them or people with Tourette's like, that's not Tourette's, like you're faking this shit and it's like causing a lot of distress and things like that. But these experts are really finding this thing of like, this, the isolation and just general stress for certain people has created this environment in which they're now sort of hmm. like like the 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 content that they've been exposed to on TikTok is feeding into that now. I didn't know there was a t- like TikTok, th- but this, the interesting thing about that is it. I feel like there is some sort of subconscious survival mechanism there, even though it doesn't make sense to us because it sounds like ticks would be quote unquote negative in our sense. But if you're watching what you consider like an influencer or socially, you know, a higher up than you or someone you admire and you're a teenage girl, like one of the most important things at that time for survival is to feel accepted. So I could totally draw the line. I mean, I'm not a scientist. This could be wrong. But my first thought is subconsciously your body wants to like adapt and fit in. So it would pick that up. I remember when we were in high school, people were saying, speaking like Valley girls, there was a girl who faked her voice all through high school. Just like she, it wasn't her real voice, but she would just fake it and she would never go break character. But when she was younger, it wasn't like that. Um, Right. It was just to sound like a little more like a girly girl. Like that was the whole thing. And it's, it's wild because it's, you know, they've tried to figure out from every level, like, is it really this? But they keep going back to the thing that they said, in some cases, the patient specifically identified an association between these media exposures and the onset of their symptoms. Mm. So it's just this, this converse, this, I don't know, this back and forth between the 
psychological, emotional, and physical that are all kind of manifesting into this other, you know, they say like in a, like a mini pandemic within the pandemic. Yeah. I guess I'm curious if it's dangerous. I mean, I understand anything unknown is scary and we want, especially if it's spreading that fast, but, and like definitely something about this is unsettling, but I'm curious why they've like named it an epidemic. Like is my understanding that there are a lot of ticks that are harmless that yeah, might just be so annoying. Right. Or not and annoying, people, but like, yeah. Right. And some people report ones that are way more violent and like oh. they will hit themselves or they're, oh, okay. you know, and it, and it could be something from just some people were just saying beans a lot. Uh, other uh-huh. people would just like, you know, have other things like like scrunching their nose or other sort of physical tics. But it ran the entire spectrum of these uh-huh. sort of uh, involuntary movements. So this uh, Havana Syndrome article that kind of approaches it from this perspective speaks with a lot of people who are experts on what they call functional disorders. And they're, they say that it's like not like to, to approach it as like, okay, so this is expressing like some subconscious need or is kind of counterproductive because it's really like more about approaching it from the neurological perspective Mm -hmm. and they like tell the story of this guy who just like suddenly started having really bad uh, lower back pain and fever and chills and then like went to the hospital and like they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him and he like couldn't for a year and a half like nobody knew what was wrong with him it was uh like he, he couldn't walk anymore and then this expert was just like no it's not like, it's not a thing. It, the doctors eventually were like, it's psychogenic. It's starting in your brain. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck you, because that's like there's a, a stigma to it. And it sounds like, oh, you're making it up. And that's right. not what's happening. What's happening. It is something that is happening to you. Yeah. You're you have no control over it. The brain is this massive, massive, like more massive than we can possibly comprehend a machine with like so so much happening and we only have like a access to like a small little pinhole of consciousness Mm. and so you're not choosing anything this is something that's happening to you and that that seems like basically the scientific consensus at this point even though like the way that the new yorker and some other new york times articles have covered it has been like well these doctors think it's this brain injury caused by microwaves like anybody who's an expert like says like it's impossible what you're talking about is physically impossible the sound waves thing people are still calling it ultrasound they point out that like when we use ultrasound on like a pregnant woman's belly like that gel is there because Mm -hmm. if there's a single little pocket of air in between like the ultrasound and uh, the thing it's trying to reach, it'll completely destroy it. Like you can't, ultrasound can't travel through air. Sound can't travel through air in an effective way. Microwaves, same deal. Like you would basically feel like you are being cooked in a microwave oven, not like you are have are having a very specific targeted thing in your brain. The other thing they point to is that with these functional disorders, like the symptoms usually last longer than a physical hmm. injury because right. what what's happening is it's like getting locked into because of like stress and fear and like social conditions it's getting locked into like neurological pathways and then you can't get out of them because it's not a, actually a physical thing that you're recovering from so like they, with regards to Havana, they said one of the reasons that they can tell that it's a functional disorder is that the people, like if all these people had just been like hit on the head with something very heavy, like that's not what happened. Right. But like they they were saying they like had brain trauma. If everybody had, had suffered brain mm-hmm. trauma at the time that they felt like they had been attacked, they would have healed within weeks. But instead, they're still experiencing these symptoms like years later. And so they're but like, it- that is a text a textbook yeah. sign that this is a functional disorder. It's just wild that they, because even as you're saying that, like there's phrases like, oh, it's in your head, right? Which we come to know as like, you're making it up. But mm-hmm. then when you said it in a scientific way, like it's something happening in the brain. We're like, yeah, that's a physical part of your body. It's actually a pretty important part of your body. Right. Something. It also does other things, right? Like regulate your 
blood flow or whatever. Like it does other things that were not like, can't believe you lifted your arm. It's all in your head. It's like, right. yeah, no, yeah. my, my brain told me to lift my arm so that I can answer this question. Why is that different from like, it's hurting my back, except in this case, I don't know why, like just right. because it came from my brain doesn't mean I'm a asshole who's doing this right. to waste your time, doctor, you know, right. med bills yeah. are expensive. So I find that like, is such a strange cognitive dissonance of our healthcare system. I think people get so scared to be like seen as like hokey or like veering into like any alternative medicine that we forget that there are a lot of old, like old ways, ancient medicine, ancient learnings that aren't perfect, but neither are Western medicines. And like, if we just take that line away and just look at more truth, we can bridge the gap and figure out more things. Yeah. Yeah. Or in this case, just being able to not revert to like this very yeah. rigid way of diagnosing things like well, where, yeah. you, you know, like really and to your point of being open to things like, yeah, this if they're saying it, it's we should also know that it's very quite possible that they're experiencing something that is not known to me because I might not have an area of expertise in this place. But take this person's word for it rather than saying like, ah, yeah, whatever, you're just you're fucking tripping. Yeah. There's a lot more research now about like what like EMDR and all that stuff about how you can actually repro reprocess those patterns that don't get stored correctly. And it's a little different than this, but it sounds similar when you said it there's like a path kind of that gets glitchy and you repeat a glitch over and over. It it's yeah, very similar it's to addiction. Me. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Addiction therapy is like very similar, but so this guy Jason Lindsley, who now is like openly like I suffered from this thing called a functional movement disorder for a year and a half. The The way that he treated it was he met with this guy who's an expert, or actually it's a woman in Louisville, Kentucky, who's an expert who basically just did these, like got him to be on board with it. It's like, no, it's not, it's not a mental thing. It's a neurological like brain thing that like you have no control over. They like put him through these therapies that were just about like motor retraining designed to overcome his resistance to normal movements. Physical therapists began by asking him to take minuscule movements of his feet. Mm. And he spent part of each day undergoing cognitive behavioral therapy. And like a week later, he walked out of the clinic like nothing had ever been wrong with him. And wow. so it's... Yeah. It, and he's like, yeah, that's what what it was. It was a functional disorder. That doesn't mean like I had something wrong with me. Right. It's just that's a thing that happens. I do think it's interesting that we're seeing more and more of these functional disorders at a time when we're having more and more, you know, Teresa, like you were saying, like kind of having to sublimate and like deal with stress and like use cognitive dissonance just to get through our day-to-day -day lives like just having to deal with the fact that we live on a planet that is like dying and nobody's doing anything about it and you know it just seems like there's more internal stress that we're not able to address or even express mm -hmm. in our day-to-day -day lives than ever before so it it kind of makes sense to me that we would be having these things like kind of coming out of our unconscious and attacking our, our body more than we have in the past. Well, and the age is interesting too, because like, I think I'm just beyond that age where even though I can be internet savvy, most of my development years were spent in the real world. Like, you know, the screens and apps weren't as big. Whereas with the pandemic plus the internet age, Gen Z, I think virtually in their brain don't uh, distinguish an interaction online versus in real life. Like they can tell you it is. It's not like they're like, I can't tell. But in terms of like, if someone confesses their love, if someone bullies them, I think that in their brain, it has that same effect. They're hitting so, the same spot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Whereas for me, it might be different because I remember, you know, wanting to go to the school dances and getting and flirting in person. I've had my share of flirting online, but it's a little bit different because I was older. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have, right. it's not like the, that like first introduction to those sensations. So I feel like that must be a part of it too, because they're online and they're developing by watching. Whereas we can just scroll past thinking, oh, it's just like a character on a screen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, but there, I mean, we, I mean, I was definitely like, I modeled shit off of TV when I yeah. was younger. 
So it, there yeah, may the be Jim just Carrey different face, versions. I was going around everywhere going yeah. like, somebody, somebody stop, stop me. me. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. We saw, yeah. We've seen the tattoo. But the whole thing with this. My whole like, green mask tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, yo, get that laser off or what? Miles still enters every room like Kramer kicks in the door and slides in. Yeah. Whoa. When I say, hey, what's up, Jerry? And they're like, what's up, Jerry? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Anyway. Uh, no, but this, it, yeah, the, these differences are, I think we're starting to see, right? Like we're in an age where there are people who have been interacting with screens and apps that are designed to manipulate your brain. And then you're adding these isol like the isolation of a pandemic, plus like the lack of social contact and additional stress and things like that. It's, I can only imagine like that this is probably some we're seeing an experiment basically play out on some level of trying to understand like how all of these things may interact at a certain age. But yeah, it's, it's, but I mean, it's, it's so the Havana syndrome things happening to like grown adult bureaucrats, mm -hmm. like kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from young teenage people who are on TikTok. But it's still, I, 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 I always want to like kind of, resist the urge to blame technology even though i know there's like a lot of new shit happening like i i do think that just across the board everybody's under more stress than they've ever ever been under and it's like stress that nobody's acknowledging kind of is is my right. you guys gotta shake it out okay look i know it sounds still on your head I I, I I used to just like when I get sad, I would just start like, shaking my butt. And I thought that was funny. But over the pandemic, I started realizing that this isn't just a weird thing I do. I think it's like a smart thing I do. I think it's like the stress needs to come out some way. So yeah. shake your butt at home, guys. Shake do it safe. Shake your butt to yourself. OK, don't flash anybody that doesn't want to be flashed. What do you mean? When you shake your butt, are you like half? Are you trying? Like, what do you mean? Are you just like going like this? Like, you're wiggling? I, you're trying to shake I, your butt? Are you doing a dance? Like, what? I wish my computer wasn't slow because I I could hear you were shaking, but I could not see it. I could just yeah, see yeah. you frozen. Right. <laughs> it's like since I was a kid. I know it sounds ridiculous that as an adult woman. I'm like I'm shaking my butt, but like babies literally will like shake their butt like that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I and then I've grown up to actually dance and twerk and whatever. So yeah, I'll put on music I like and like actually start to move around and feel myself, you know, like right, oh, right. this is a fun move, whatever. Yeah. But I I'll do that sometimes for like ten minutes while I'm cooking and just. Uh, it seems silly, but during pandemic, when I was like the most isolated, it was almost like a daily thing. It just, I'll just get the urge to do it. And I think it was literally my body being like, time to get all the news of today out through your butt. Right. Like, just yeah. shit it out, you know? <laughs> get the news out through your yeah. butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Not oh, there's shit. your cult. Yo, there's, <laughs> right your cult. Yeah. there's your cult, though. You get yeah. people shaking their butts and like, you know, you but you get give them like information. Right. They process information, <laughs> but then process that through butt wiggling. But uh, OK, I could go for that. that we're yeah. getting closer to a call I might yeah. actually take on. So, yeah, you know, I hey, can do that. Brick by brick, we're going to build this thing. But first when you said cheek, like cheek when cheek. you feel sad, you shake your butt. I was just picturing someone like crying while like just yeah. sadly shaking that's not too far really off jack to that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> all right let's move on to where we're at with unemployment in the u.s i know like in the in the mainstream media there's a lot of headlines about u.s misses its jobs number for fucking whatever August. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever month we just lived through. And so that that's going to filter down to us in some sort of probably inhumane policy. But we're, you know, we've also in the past talked about how other countries are experimenting with a four day work week and having great results. Yeah, it's just it's just wild to see like when I'm scrolling news headlines, one thing will be like, you know, Scotland also now participating in pilot program for four day work week. And then the next one is like 7.5 million people will lose some or all of their unemployment benefits. Yeah. And the just difference in <laughs> just the basics yeah. on how we look at employment and working and the culture around work and what it means for like the actual human beings. Because, yeah, like we've talked about this a lot, how much. Like we love, we love a four day work week around here, yeah. like as an idea. I mean, it mm. makes sense. Of course. Whatever is more efficient is what should be happening because that allows people to live more of their lives with their families or their passions or whatever yeah. it may be. And, you know, the last thing we saw was like this 
huge study that was like years long that said, hey, man, we're having a real hard time finding an excuse why a, a 32 hour work week wouldn't be good for people. Right. And yeah. most recently, I think in 2019 in Japan, Microsoft Japan, again, Japan is fucking you want to talk about work culture where like, you know, Japan is one of the few places people like in a modern country or developed country where people die from overworking like an yes. office job and like that kind of exhaustion. So for Japan to kind of even engage with like, maybe there's a better way to do this. I was like, okay, well, what's going on? So yes. Microsoft, they gave 2,300, they're all, like all their employees, 2,300 of them in Japan specifically, they said, you can choose like your own, you know, flexible work style. That's going to kind of come out to a four day work week. And let's just see if there would be something good that comes out of it. They fucking had a 40% increase in productivity and then like exponential growth in people's like feelings of positivity and like just feeling better about their quality of life just because they had the flexibility to figure out how they could work in a, in a more efficient way. They even said, look, we're not even going to have fucking meetings that are more than 30 minutes. Like, let's really figure out how to make things as efficient as possible. In the U.S., we've had a, a congressperson introduce a bill that he's saying like, yeah, in America, we should look at a 32-hour work week. We really need to do it because all of the data yeah. we have supports this move. And again, as he says, shorter work week would benefit both employers and employees alike. Pilot programs run by governments and businesses across the globe have shown promising results. Productivity climbed. Report people reported better work-life balance, less need to take sick days, heightened morale, and lower childcare expenses because people had more times with their families and children. It's just all fucking there, but we won't do it. And meanwhile, you know, you juxtapose that with what we're looking at in the U.S., which is cut the benefits to force someone into a situation where they have to take a job that they don't want because yeah that's where we're at that's the that uh, currently the like the philosophy or at least a lot of the economic analysts are like well we have eight and a half million people unemployed and we have 10 million job openings so i think that's What's gonna the fit fucking problem you know yeah like, it, that's gonna fit like a fucking glove and we continue to see that that's not the case and we still get these same dumb fucking fake ass talking points or the unemployment benefits are making people lazy and shit like that. And th there was a new new research came out for every eight workers who lost benefits, only one found a job. So even people who lost job like lost jobs, they were having trouble finding the work that was actually relevant to them. They said the leading reasons why unemployed aren't taking jobs have little to do with government money and everything to do with health and economic crisis, childcare scarcity and cost, fear of getting or spreading COVID-19 and taking care of someone with the disease or getting sick themselves, according to the survey. And yeah. we're kind of like stuck in this yeah. loop of like just it's, only measuring our success based on shareholder value. It's so toxic yeah. the way that the mainstream media covers this shit because it like these are people making the best decisions for their health, for their ability to survive. It's the same shit with the the unhoused population. It has gone down, yeah. but they're more conspicuous now because they are not going to shelters anymore because they know that shelters are deadly because there are COVID outbreaks there uh, in a lot of yeah. cases. And so they're living on the streets and accumulating things that they need to live on the streets. So now you are seeing the unhoused population in your community much more than you used to. And the like, it's not being covered as like, yeah, of course they're doing that because that's what is saving their lives. Like that's smart. It's just being covered yeah. like, well, this is disgusting. Like it's a problem. And like the same with like people not going back to work, it's like turned into laziness instead of you don't want to be out in like a, a place the that doesn't suck. respect your fucking like, yeah. like your health, mm -hmm. like right, especially right now while we're living through a global pandemic. Yeah. But the like that's everywhere, like, yeah, across the center. Yeah, we did an episode on we them, the royal we. I did mm -hmm. an episode on hood politics about the ending of these unemployment benefits and what what Miles brought up as far as like the theory being. Well, if you're getting free money, why would you go back to work? And how that's just not playing out. Like the mm -hmm. the the owner of um, what's the job? Monster was was the the yeah, job Monster. site. Yeah, 
he was like, we just not seeing it. In the states that y'all ended it early, fools ain't applying for jobs. And I, when we did that episode, they was, uh, what was in the news then was like Applebee's was offering free appetizers for if right. you came to get an interview. And to me, it's like, to your point, Jack, like when you think about economic models, like economy models, you know, sociological trends, it's like, I just, there's this weird, like, but are y'all talking to actual people though? No, no. Because right. like, yo, models, and who are you modeling it by? I remember in economics, I remember my undergrad, you had, they had the, the, the average man was like what you, what you modeled all of your economic models on. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not a real person. You know, right. nobody has, nobody actually has 2.5 kids. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, right. that's not a person. So mm-hmm. it's like, how you modeling your whole model and what you telling me things is happening based on a human that don't exist. If you just actually talk to a human that exists, this shit makes perfect sense. Why would I go back to his job? You had a year off on a job to realize this job was some bullshit. I was tired all the damn time. Mm-hmm. I ain't like the work and you ain't pay me enough. Why the hell would I go back? Right? right? right. Like, this just like this just seems so easy. Like, or if you an employer, just go, I wonder why nobody's coming giving getting our jobs. Maybe we should offer appetizers. Or maybe you should <laughs> offer apps. benefits, my nigga. Right. Like, right. how about pay them better? How about right. treat people better? Why you think did and just like, yeah, the homeless thing, it's just like, it's like y'all not talking to actual people. This shit makes sense if you just talk to actual people. Right. right. Yeah, because everything is is done on a balance sheet. And that's right. why it's so violent, because it doesn't yeah. take into account people's humanity. They just look at, well, eight and a half million people with no jobs. I got 10 million jobs opening. The recovery is only a matter of time. But it's, it's right there for it's you. Not that, yeah, they're not just. Yeah, it's just the idea they're you know, they're not just looking at it at as humans. They can't do it. There's no nuance to it. It's not eight and a half yeah. million desperate people. You know what I mean? It's and they're not seeing it. It's not this is not eight and a half million people where uh, maybe many of them need to take care of a sick child or have yeah. a parent they have to take care of. May, it's definitely the way they look at it. It definitely can't be someone who's living in a region where housing and food insecurity is like a real threat. Yeah, it certainly isn't somebody who is going through an emotionally trying time because they've lost a yeah. lot of loved ones and a job. Yeah. And it's an omni crisis for these, this person because yeah. it's easier just to say, well, this number plus this number equals problem solved, right. but that works only for a little bit because now you're just seeing yeah. all of the blood and carnage that comes out of treating people like fucking numbers and not as human beings with yeah. their individual needs that have to be taken into consideration. Yeah, and it's not accurate, and and it's becoming less and less so. Like uh, on it could happen here. The uh, your fellow Cool Zone Media podcast, yes. Daily Show with Robert Evans, Pod, uh, our LeBron th- James. Yeah, <laughs> Robert are LeBron James. We get there you it. go. Okay, <laughs> uh, but they they interviewed an economist who was saying yeah. that now that everything is fucked, basically now that we are living in a you know post normal world where like everything from temperatures to uh, disease spread to you know the the environment are no yeah. longer at a point of equilibrium that they call it like. They, you need to be thinking about the economy as the way that like desert environmentalists think about the desert, which is like if yeah. you if you average the temperature of a desert, it's going to give you like seventy, but that's because it drops to forty and then goes up to one hundred and ten yes. in the morning. But like economists are working on it from from an average, and mm-hmm. we, yeah. it's just not gonna, it's not going back to average any anytime soon. Yeah. I think when I, when I, another one of my past lives, when I, when I was teaching high school, I taught in like this, the school was like right smack dab in between sort of three different like hoods. And there was a little boys and girls club that was like across the street from the school. And I remember my, the ad, the administration put together this total like tutoring and after school program. They, I mean, Boy, when I tell you they was breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back with this uh this little after school program they did, this enrichment for these, you know, these inner city kids who, mm-hmm. you know, need these programs. And for the life of them, I remember sitting in this meeting 
me and the, I remember the vice principal was, he was from Compton. So we, we used to just look at each other during these meetings and just be like, <laughs> what, are, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they don't know where they are. They don't know where they are, right? Mm-hmm. So they would make, yes, they, and just, just so confused. I remember these people just being so befuddled as to why students that they thought needed this wouldn't come. Why aren't they in that part and, of the town? And I'm like, town, that part of town, like, ex- you, I didn't even have to finish it. Yeah, I didn't even I mean, have to finish it. The you know what I'm you saying? It, I'm just like, like, it's there for them. It's like, you, wow. Like, you, okay, you trying to ask this kid to walk through Fallujah. You know what I'm saying? Right. To go to like, like, nah, like, it's just, just the fact that like, I, I just don't understand why I have to tell you this. Like, you work here, you talking mm-hmm. to the same students I'm talking to. Like, I don't understand what you don't understand. Like, what is you looking at? And like you said, you looking at documents. You're saying, well, the average temperature is 70 degrees. And it's right. like, exactly. okay. It's, it's equidistant not... for many of the students who would it's be served by yeah. this facility. Exactly. So yeah. it's easy to walk to. I, 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 I yes. don't understand. Oh, We're wait. off for snacks? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what does it mean to go on the other side of Hyde Park? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're yeah. out here like, huh? It's it's really yeah, yeah and I, again it's because we don't have we're not taking into account people's humanity. Yeah. We have yes. people who look at fa- human life as facts and figures, and we just yes. can't. We're, we're it's just it, it's wild to I think all of us because even in the situation you're talking about or we're talking about, if you speak to people and understand yes. what the threat the threats are to their well being then you can yeah. actually make a better decision rather than just like this brutal fucking math of like eight and a half yeah. million fucking people, no jobs, 10 million jobs, cut the fucking Quick benefits off and let's see what yeah. happens. Because the first thing in this research that was done too, they said when people's benefits get cut off, the first thing isn't that they go looking for a job. They start tightening up and they start spending yeah. less. That's what happens. That's yeah. the first thing people do. Not go say, okay, well, now I guess I'll take a job that will not acknowledge my, offer me any dignity or anything or acknowledge my humanity and i'll go back to this old way so yeah it's a it's tough and then like and then i also hear i I have i have people who i know who are like well it's different i have a small business and things like that well then you should be advocating for medicare for all because hell yeah think about it those aren't costs those aren't costs you would have to have anymore because that shit would be covered and i know uh, that's a huge that's a huge item that a financial burden as an employer is providing those things so then get on yes. board because you can make it easier for yourself, too. And, I, and I'm and i not trying to say it's all that simple, but we really need to begin to shift how we look at the most basic issues and and put humanity at the forefront or, or people's individual experience to understand how to give people the yeah. best outcomes with these policies. I love how you even add like just the this is in your own best interest situation. It's like if you got employees, happy people stick around. Mm. Like, I want you to like it here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I don't understand. Like, that's to your benefit. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, when I think about like my assistant that, you know, I pay like I pay her what I pay her because I don't want her to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. She good at her job. So I'm like, okay, well, what's it going to take for you to be for you to have to go be somebody else's assistant to make ends meet? Because I'm like, I can't afford that. I need right. your attention. So I'm going to pay right. you enough to make sure your attention's here. And if you say, if you tell me that's a problem, like, hey, I'm going to need a little more. Are we moving to this? Then like, all right, let's figure it out because I can't afford to lose you. Like, it don't make, I'm not going to be like, well, you should be lucky. I'm letting you like, nah, like oh, even yeah. on a selfish situation. That's what I'm saying. Even in my own self-interest, it makes sense to be like, oh, you telling me, you telling me insurance is off my books? It's on the state's books? Hell Yeah. Right. I ain't got to pay for it. Okay, cool. Let's go. You right. know, like y'all, they tripping, man. I don't understand why nobody, it just seems so logical, like you said. Right. And it's, and I think because we're, we have so much propaganda that we're hit with constantly that it's, it takes a lot of time, effort to even look yeah. past all that shit and try and see the things for what they are. And it's, yeah. it's tough for a lot of people, but until we really yeah. get there, I mean, we're going to just keep making these same mistakes. I mean, the, yeah, I will just say that it's, you know, look, look at Jeff Bezos. Like, I, you know, there, there's the examples where it's better, it's uh, more sustainable for society. But we also have a world's richest man that the last 25 years have created whose primary innovation was treating people like shit. So, mm-hmm. 
Like the the rewards are there for the people who do the short term thinking and just grind it until the wheels fall off and like and then they get to go to space and when they go to space it gets covered five times as much as fucking climate change. Yes. So it's just it's it's a large social problem of like what what we reward with our attention and what we mm-hmm. reward with like the the rewards in our in our culture. Yeah. We have to redefine what balling is. Yes. And balling should just be providing for your community. That's yeah. balling. You know, not exploiting that's, the people that work for you so you can take off on a spaceship. That's yeah. that's like early 2000s balling. And, you know, <laughs> I think we don't we're not connecting like how much how much good comes out of people having empathy. <laughs> and yeah. that that is truly something that, you know, I wish societally we could re- reward people with more for having that at the forefront of the things that they do. Yeah. All right. Let's take a, another quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and we're just talking during the break about how the creek, I've never heard it sound like that. His lies always contain big guys. Yeah. Like these generals, they're big and handsome, and they told me, they said, you're the greatest uh, president since Washington, maybe. And this one contained, like, big firefighters coming to sweep him off his feet. Huge. 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 These firefighters were huge, and they whisked me out of there. Took me to uh, their place, and there's even a supercut of him talking about big, strong guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at the size of that guy. Powerful guy. This, you know, I have a friend, big guy, one of the biggest in the world. Well, I'm standing <laughs> next to. That's some big people behind me. Powerful guy, big, strong guy, big, strong guy, big, strong guy. Is big, strong guy. I mean, you know, so he's definitely like, yeah, I'm sure. He loves him. a friend, big guy, big one guy. of the biggest in the world. Big Gary, they call him. <laughs> the biggest. Had biceps the, the size of Christmas hams. <laughs> did, oh, he, did, did he say the Christmas hams thing? Or no, but it's like, it sounds so, so it is like some so old folky, you know, right. thing of you should have seen his biceps. They um, were like, they were like the kinds of chains they used to put on the side of Navy battleships. So strong, so strong, so strong. Anyways, you think he? I, I would love. I, I wonder if, like Loki, he's paid an artist to do like a like a romance novel cover with him being swept away by one of these like these big guys he's always talking about. You know, like a Fabio esque mm. sort of just big chiseled guy. You should have seen him. He swept me away from the rubble. Really, I mm. felt so safe in his arms, <laughs> and that's how I want the country to feel with my new <laughs> military plan. Where the, the Fabio you're made just, you feel. <laughs> you're just, just in the, tender, tender, yeah, a tender. tender. And you're in the arms of a guy with biceps the size of Christmas hams. <laughs> just, just as sticky. Yeah. Just with as the cloves smoky. In it too. And you're like, how'd you get the cloves in there? And the, with and the, the little the hatch, pineapple circus. The hatch work on the cut on the fat is really <laughs> impressive. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, given who was elected president in 2016, that America ha- hasn't been like super respectful, classy. Uh, when it comes to never forgetting 9-11. So our writer, J.M., kind of took a look back at, you know, 9-11, the national tragedy and merchandising bonanza. Uh Uh-oh. And, yeah, there's some wild shit in here. So there was a big run of coins that came out very early on. There's a medallion allegedly made from recycled steel from the World Trade Center that cost... A mere thirty dollars, and they. This is, you know, noble. They set aside five thousand to ten thousand medallions for the victims' families at no charge. So, oh, like, this so kind. Wow. Yeah. So, Hi, we we turned this murder scene into a neck chain for other people right. to buy. But here's a free one for you because it's such a terrible loss. So sorry. In 2004, there were coins supposedly minted from silver recovered at Ground Zero. Which I don't know. Doesn't make like, a lot from of the pocket change of the victims. Like, no, what? wasn't there that like rumor that there was this like vault or something in the fucking basement? Oh, okay. There was some. I just remember some weird folksy bullshit thing of like you know there was like a lot of precious metal in there too. But I don't know. I mean, it could be true, but maybe it was recovered. But I remember that was like a big, like a ground zero three kings where they're yeah. like going in. Depending um, on yeah, what part of the internet you were on at the time. 
Right. So these, they actually claimed, were legally authorized silver dollars, which they weren't. They were actually made by a novelty company that Mm -hmm. also produced Harry Potter coins, which also not acceptable as legal tender, as as far as I know. And then in, in 2011, the federal government Started selling their own 911 commemorative coin for uh, $56.95. You got to mark it up so that, you know, you take advantage of the the fact that it's the real deal. From the people who brought you 911 <laughs> is the 911 coin. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing, y'all? Like, sorry about our foreign policy, y'all. Here's mm-hmm. a coin. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan, sponsored yeah. by M. Night Shyamalan, right. featuring Fantastic. M. Night Shyamalan. For $56.99, who could say no? What a specific number, too. Why does it have to be $57? Like, what is, you know, is that that a number to make you feel like, oh, they were thinking about how valuable that is? Probably, yeah. They could have just said 100. But I think it's really probably worth close to 57. The uh, the government is honest with their pricing. (laughs) There was, in non-coin related merchandise, the 9-11 coloring book for children, which, you know. And nipple tassels for the ladies, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that there was an image of Osama bin Laden being executed while cowering behind a woman in a Muslim hijab. In... Which is the text from the page. Yeah. Yeah. So this is so funny, man. Like, they just basically turn never forget into be like, never forget we're now uh, painting all people from the Middle East as evildoers. Never yes. forget that's the script we're sticking to now. Like, it was yeah. never about the United States, because that's just this malleable concept that people bandy around so disingenuously to bolster whatever fucked up mm-hmm. ideology they have. It's never about the actual country, just sort of saying, well, this is the thing you can't attack. So I'll put the country in front of me and then that will protect whatever nonsense I'm advocating for. Because it was like the other thing with the merchandise is I remember every TV show they were like doing stuff where people were fucking wrapped up in the flag and shit and crying. And they're like, I just feel so special to be part of this country. And it truly was put us in this era where you could not criticize the United States. Right. Like people who were on the news saying like, well, the reason people wanted to attack the United States is because of all the destabilizing activity that we do in the region that creates jihadist movements and things like that. And they're like, they're vanished because you know, uh, a fucking fighter jet is going to, like, nut red, white, and blue over, like, a football game or some shit. Well, I think a huge part of that is, like, not that um, Americans aren't, or some Americans aren't racist already, but I think to keep people obsessed with America, they have to convince everyone that the rest of the world isn't free, and you're the only one that's free, and that's why you should be so proud, as opposed to, like, the reality, which is, there's lots of places that, you know, free healthcare and like when you have a baby you can stay home with your baby and oh no you know. what's that place sounds scary yeah Ew. <laughs> do they have challenge coins to commemorate their yeah. tragedy they don't have merch though that's yeah. i mean mm, that's where they lose me <laughs> you know it, it was also like one of the most lucrative kind of storylines that america has ever because like after the cold war the military industrial complex didn't really know what to do with themselves and then this gave them a new purpose so they successfully cashed in but it it was generally like seen as not a great look when like walmart recreated the towers out of cases of soda (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is there i think a lot of people have seen that picture but you got the red white and blue with the Pepsi, Diet Coke, and Coke cans, and then the towers are made of Coke Zero. And the thing so. is, the people were mad that they were mixing Pepsi and Coke products. It was well, they should have done all Pepsi the- because Pepsi solves all of the world's injustices. Right. Yes, we've long said that. Yeah. Well, can you imagine if they had that same ad agency around nine eleven? <laughs> <laughs> if they were like with the Kendall Jenner ad, if they tried oh, to do yeah. something, it's like Muhammad Atta here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you just want this Pepsi, sir. Yeah. Yeah. She's a flight attendant. And yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. It would have been United 93 or whatever the fuck. Right. And it would have been a Pepsi ad. This That's what this, again, is so weird about everything is that there's not there's nothing. There's no sanctity to anything. Every, right. Because and I think that's really what all this reveals is there's nothing sacred in this country. Absolutely fucking nothing. 
not even human life because it'll just be a fucking merch display or a commemorative blanket or a coin because someone else doesn't give a fuck. They just know that they can use these events to make more money or yeah. more fear. Yeah. So, wow. Never forget. Nothing is sacred here. <laughs> the 9-11 museum is still open. The gift shop is still like putting out products like a, a cheese cutting board, a 9-11 commemorative cheese tray where Hmm? It's a, in the shape of the United States and their little hearts where the hijacked airplanes went down. So, you know. There's something like meta about taking a knife to a board that commemorates right. the... Right. Something the, about that. This is... I, I'm not sure who made it, but it was an official selection. They Like the person who runs the museum's gift shop, which... Again, the 9-11 Museum maybe maybe shouldn't have a gift shop, but the person who runs yeah, it was like, sacred, we're, nothing sacred. <laughs> we're uh, carefully selecting products to make sure they're tasteful. And yeah, they, and apparently this fell under that category. And it's also just kind of extra fucked up because the 9-11 Museum also has unidentified remains on the premises of so Fuck. like many relatives of victims have actively protested of just the idea of having fucking people selling mugs and t-shirts and scarves. Well, have they tried branded. the cutting boards yet? Right. Because maybe yeah. that's some of they the... Are pretty, they do look pretty nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you... What kind of fucking... Par- Again, look, there's so many things wrong with this cutting tray, cheese board, fucking charcu terrorism board that they've got. <laughs> but, like, the only thing that this has, it's a ceramic outline of the united states with just three fucking stars painted on like parts of the northeast yep that's really so they've i'm sure they reappropriated some ceramic mold and said all right put stars there it's 9-11 my next thing is if you are putting a this platter together are you like really treating that section of the cheese board as sacred you're not just gonna lay a shitload of crackers and shit on top of it right and like honeycomb and further disrespect the memory. I, I just don't, everything about it, like, I don't even know how you present it in a way that someone goes, oh my God, is this a 9-11 commemorate? This, that's so thoughtful of you. <laughs> like, this is, you're such an ace with the decor. You know, and I love it. Thank you so much. And like, yeah, and, and these wine 11 glasses that you made, I love it. I love it. I mean... Those have to exist, right? <laughs> is there wine, wine 11? Sure. There has to be wine 11 at this point. Right. I mean, haven't we reached wine that 11 conclusion? can't help but forget or something like that? Where it's like, oh my here. God, wine 11, never forget your corkscrew. There you go. The gift shop is still going today, selling everything from toy cars for $65 that look like just $20 toy cars, but they have never forget written on the hood. And then there's also like a bunch of T-shirts. 20 years later, limited edition collection of just garbage. Hmm. I just looked on Etsy and there's some 9-11, like 20 years later, never forget face masks. And I just don't think that the audience that right. like wears never yeah. forget memorabilia and wears a mask ever overlap. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a wasteful product, really. That's an interesting person, though. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd like, where's that New York Times profile? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're multifaceted for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just baffling. <laughs> I don't know. And it's baffling. It's been, That's so, it. it's been 20 years. I mean, Jesus, like it's been so long. And you think of how things have changed so drastically just in the last few years, but how we're still like really having a problem, having a real, again, because America hates a reckoning, having a reckoning with this supposed war on terror and the amount of money that was just pissed away while everything just went by the wayside here in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking back of like how I, that fucking, I remember the city in LA people were so hopped up on that patriotism shit. It was fucking wild. Yeah, Like every street turned into some like fucking jingoistic. It's just like it, it, everything was a parade suddenly. Right. Except for specific parts of the city. Uh, but yeah, like I just felt like everything else was just uh, just this like weird fever dream that people went through those first couple of years and like completely ignored what was actually at stake. Yeah. Hey, but that's huh, 
government knows what they're doing. Huh. Shit like that. All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.